0: Oh, it's a horrible story It's a horrible story.
1: Um, I mean, it's, now I'm... Okay. So. I'm really bad met. at this.
0: Yeah, it makes me look really bad, though, <laughs> telling the story of how we met. It's like... It's geez. not that bad. It's like a Saturday night. And we were going to have a dance party, because the ladies love dancing.
1: My friend, Trisha, got a text message saying that there's gonna be this party in Minneapolis. Like it's gonna be a dance party. So we got there. We were the only people there. And it was just three dudes. Three <laughs>
0: Madonna playing on the Madonna background. Madonna playing
1: in the background.
0: It's like, hey, welcome to the dance party. That night, I heard you singing along to the radio and I was like, I used to be in a band. Uh, and she, of course, did not care. And uh oh,
1: I never heard of that band.
0: <laughs> I was like, do I ask her to be in the band? Or do I just keep asking her out and hope she says yes sometime? And uh I was thinking that my prospects were probably better to ask her to be in the band. So we convinced her to be in the band. She didn't really want to be. But I roped her in and we're married now, we're so we're she married, has to. So. It's in the it's, it's in like our contracts. our prenup. This is horrible, I know. But yeah. whatever. Okay. This was a yeah. It's a long time ago. Thank you. Yeah. You're I, doing a good I, job. You should edit this so I look <laughs> really cool. It's been a few months. I was in California was the last one. What were you Um, doing out there? I'm a musician.
1: Oh, okay. So what what do you play?
0: I play guitar and I sing. You sing? What's the band called? Communist Daughter. Are you a St. Paul guy? Now, oh, man. I have lived in St. Paul since I got out of college, except for I, I moved to Prescott, Wisconsin for a little bit and opened a restaurant. And really, Okay. Yeah, I did that for like four or five years. That's what put me into treatment, but yeah. It was was worth doing, I'll say. But I'm glad I'm back in St. Paul. We had put this record out, people loved it. It was getting attention nationally. And it was the first time I think everybody in the band had been in a situation where I was like, oh, we're finding success, this is finally something that like we've been musicians for so long. And and then I was self-destructing and I think it was so hard for everybody to be a part of that, to see that happen. I was in hospitals. I ended up in the mental hospital for a while. I mean, I knew that I was probably gonna die. It was the only thing that I could see happening. Cause you know, when you're going from a hospital about your pancreas to a mental hospital to, you know, buying drugs in a basement. Um, And I think everybody else kind of felt like things were wrapping up. You know, it was leading up for 10 plus years of, you know, uh, doing drugs and getting into heavier drugs and harder drugs and keeping it secret. You know, I, I my band knew, but, you know, I tried to hide it, and then I told Molly about it. I, yeah, there's something about Molly that I opened up to. And so that's kind of, um, it's when I started to like, I mean, it took a long time to turn around.
1: We would have very late night conversations talking about how we were pretty sure we were gonna end up together. And I would say, yep, but not for a while because I don't want to deal with this. Like, I had this, yeah. this, thought that you know somehow we would part ways he would get clean and then we'd meet up later in life and everything would be perfect and I would I just wouldn't have to deal with like yeah, the messy the part. disaster of of uh, what would be to come
0: you know I had nothing left the restaurant had closed I was living in a friend's spare room on the floor and I was still writing songs and so to me like life was still going on I was still able to do what I loved, but then one day I woke up and I just couldn't write anymore and so then I knew at that moment I was like okay life's over this is it so the next step is either I'm gonna die or maybe I should try that getting sober thing for real and so I called my mom and asked her and she told me she was like all right if you really want help Minnesota has the best treatment place in the country. It's called Hazelden. You should go to Hazelden. That night, I think we had a show at First Ave and we were backstage and I was curled up with a bottle of vodka and I was like, I think I have to call Hazelden. I need to go there, like I need to go there now. So I got on my cell phone with my bottle of vodka and I called Hazelden from First Ave like their backstage green room. And uh, Molly, we were kind of on the outs then, but I was like, all right, can you give me a ride to Hazelden? She dropped me off in the morning. I had my last drink in a in the parking lot. It was horrible. It was like gas station vodka and Mountain Dew or something, and which was like so fitting. I think that's why like I never Since then I've been sober because it's like, yeah, that's how you end up. You end up drinking in a parking lot.
2: old enough to see Break another bed How has it been touring since treatment, if you don't mind? I'm sorry. It's kind of no, no,
0: that's fine. I talk about it all the time. It's... And on the road, is it? it well, the kind of the thing that put, like, because treatment, like, spit me right back out into the neighborhood where I used to buy drugs, which was this neighborhood. Yeah. I had to get, like, pretty okay with saying no. So touring actually wasn't as hard as. I mean, there was times that it was pretty hard. Some bars, once they find out that you're sober, though, they're, they're usually pretty awesome about it. Yeah. After I got out of treatment, I was like, please don't put me into the halfway house on the west side, on West 7th here, because this is where I first started doing drugs and really heavily drinking. So all of my memories of here were like buying drugs and you know using speed for the first time and, and the bad things like buying crack pipes and things like that. It's all of my memories of this neighborhood, but then, I realized like oh the only way that I'm gonna get sober and really be able to stick it out was to really I mean this it's it's all over the world you're never gonna run away from it so they put me in the halfway house here and um I started making new memories from now and I, I feel you know it's been five years sober
1: when he got out of the halfway house it was like I was getting to know somebody for the first time because he had changed so much. And it sounds really sappy, but I mean he really was like the person that I had hoped I would meet someday. And it was like I didn't know if that was gonna be him. You know, I didn't I didn't know until I got to know him for real, you know. It sounds really sappy, but but I did.
0: This is a romantic comedy. Yeah. Or <laughs> For me to stay healthy, I feel like I have to tell people about what my issues are so that people know there is that out there. Regular cake ones. You know, like when you're in those, when you're in that position, you think that you're the only one going through something like that. Or you you don't see solutions, you don't see a path out. And I think that more people are talking about it uh, is the best way to. Get that out there. And I I know that songwriting wise, even though I write about certain kinds of struggle, it's like everybody goes through struggle. Struggle is universal. And even though my struggle is kinda over here, I think that people can connect with that. And I should say like as much as we're talking about this, our band isn't about this, you know, like our music isn't we're not like a recovery band or anything. This happens to be the story of how we bound struggle, you know, and how we operate now. And so a lot of the songs that I wrote are dealing with this dark part of me that still exists. But, you know, I bring it to the band and we find a way to, so I can just visit it and then I can come back and be this happy-go-lucky guy that buys donuts and bread and hangs out with my dog. (laughs) So far it's been working. Gets better every day.
2: head down, and keep moving, listen for a sound, keep moving. If you got a crown you got to keep moving
0: My experience with making videos has been a lot of trial and error.
2: Keep your head down, keep down.
0: Well, content is key, I think. Whatever it may, may be, I mean, and videos are a part of that, so it's definitely advantageous. It's just another way for someone to come across the band or and find a song or find a, find a maybe it's the video that draws them in.
1: Cut. <clears throat> that was awesome.
0: Hey, nice work. We're just gonna get a couple variations on the, on the wives and then we're gonna move into close. To me, even though it is an art in and of itself, as a band expense, it falls into the PR yeah. expense, which is hopefully it's helping to expand our reach, you know. But you never know until- But you never really know. I still bring up all the time the fact that when our song was on Grey's Anatomy and we didn't have a website and we didn't have anything on YouTube with our song on it except for this kid who made a thing walking around his room flipping buttons on his camera like making his guitar negative and you know and that has like you know, overnight it was like 40,000 views. I I remember looking at that YouTube video and seeing comments where people were like, I just don't get this video. I was like, I don't get it either, but (laughs)
2: whatever. There are all these people that they were very against having their music put on commercials and things like that. And then um, suddenly, I don't know, in the last 10 years, everybody realized, wait a minute, Uh, it is literally the only way you can really make money. Those are the people that are actually bankrolling bands now, making bands survive. I don't even know if this band would have survived if it didn't get the Grey's Anatomy deal. And so...
0: There's a lot of, I mean, even songs in TV shows that people probably didn't even know that we've had songs in have ended up paying for things that we really needed. Do we ever tracked down that Korean soap opera money yet? Or? No, we have not tracked down We We had a song, one of our friends texted me and said, Oh, it's so cool that you guys let that big Korean show use your song. And I was like, I, I have no idea what the sentence means. Like. <laughs> we're in hot pursuit it's not yeah it's not a (laughs) although but it is one of those things where it's kind of it is kind of a slap in the face though too because it's like we're a band that you know like that's like that's like rent money you know and like these are all these revenue streams as a when you put together your you know your uh, your own record label to put out your own record you have to find all these revenue streams that Make it worth it, and it's funny where these things come from. Yeah, like little placements on uh, some MTV show that we never watch P- 16
2: and pregnant, or yeah. something.
0: Uh, Teen Mom 2 was a big one for us. Awkward, I don't know, I've never seen that show, but that was You're one pointing that- at me and telling me I'm awkward. 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 Do you- This program is made possible by the Minnesota Arts and Cultural Heritage Fund,